0: It's another Q&A edition of Optimal Health Daily, episode 1358, and I'm Dr. Neil Molly. Hey there, happy Friday, and welcome to another Q&A edition of Optimal Health Daily, where I answer your health questions related to fitness, diet and nutrition, and lots more. You send in the questions, and I answer them for you. Now, if you wanna know more about me and my background and my credentials, definitely check out last week's Q&A episode. That's where I go into more detail about all those things. Instead, I want to take a moment to thank you for sending in your questions. It's my favorite part of the week. I love listening to and reading your questions. And thank you for your trust. I know that when you ask me a question, you're trusting me. That's what you're telling me. And I so appreciate that. All right, and with that, let's hear today's question as we optimize your life. Longtime listener Steve writes, Hello once again, I'm writing to you as a group fitness instructor going through a yoga certification. In our training, we discussed the various expected room temperatures for different types of yoga, ranging from 90 to 110 degrees Fahrenheit. My question is, what does the sports science research say about optimal temperatures for different types of workouts, whether it be yoga, weight training, or cardio interval? They also offer a yoga cardio hybrid class that is recommended to be at 85 degrees Fahrenheit. I want to make sure that I set my future students up to be successful in their workouts and creating the physical environment is a big piece of that. As always, I really appreciate your thorough research helping me and so many others become more in tune with our bodies. Thanks. Thank you for your question, Steve. At first, I thought answering this question would be super easy. I remembered that at some point, I learned that cooler temperatures are better for working out, especially if you're doing cardio. Specifically, I remember hearing that cooler temperatures allowed you to run, bicycle, row, and climb faster and longer. But when I started searching for research articles that talked about ideal ambient temperatures for exercise, they were really difficult to find. What I did find were numerous sources all quoting the same exercise physiologist saying that an ambient temperature of 70 degrees Fahrenheit or about 21 degrees centigrade is ideal. But I couldn't find where this person was getting this information from. I was able to find a study that compared different temperatures on muscle fatigue. The researchers had athletes work out in a cold temperature, which they defined as 37 degrees Fahrenheit or three degrees centigrade. They also had them work out at a neutral temperature, defined as 68 degrees Fahrenheit, around 20 degrees centigrade, or in a third condition, in hot temperatures, around 104 degrees Fahrenheit or 40 degrees centigrade. They found that the athletes performed best at, can you guess, the coldest temperature condition, the 37 degrees Fahrenheit or 3 degrees centigrade condition. I was surprised too. I thought they would perform best at 68 degrees Fahrenheit or 40 degrees centigrade. Now you're probably thinking, why? How is that possible? Well, the researchers actually tracked how much stored sugar, also known as glycogen, their athletes used for energy in each of these situations. They found that when the athletes worked out in warmer temperatures, their bodies used more stored sugar as energy. But when exercising in colder temperatures, their bodies didn't use As much of this stored sugar or glycogen. The authors believe that, somehow, colder temperatures may trigger the body to slow down the rate at which it burns through its energy stores, meaning, the more slowly we burn fuel, the longer and more intensely we'll be able to work out. Now, does this mean that your gym should keep the temperature close to freezing? No. Here's something else we need to think about Don't I always talk about how important it is to warm up your muscles? Why would warming up and keeping a cold gym be helpful? Those seem like exact opposites. Well, here's what's going on. When we're trying to perform endurance exercises, like cardio, working out in a colder environment may help you work out longer. This means you would still want to perform a full warm up to lower your chances of getting injured and making sure you're getting your body ready for the workout. So then what's up with all the hot yoga classes and all the stuff you've heard about heat and flexibility? Well, that's exactly where heat can be helpful, for flexibility. Studies have found that heat can increase muscle and tendon flexibility. So when you're stretching, you may wanna keep the room a bit warmer, or you could always put your sweatshirt and sweatpants back on after your workout to keep those muscles warm. So here's the bottom line. When performing endurance-type exercises, like running, bicycling, rowing, climbing, and so on, try and keep the temperature on the cooler side. How cold does it have to be? We still don't know for sure, but the colder the better, so long, of course, as it's safe to do so. You wouldn't want to put yourself at risk for harm by working out in sub-freezing temperatures just because you think you'll achieve a new personal record. Personally, I love working out on that one day a year we get here in Southern California when the daytime temperature reaches 60 degrees Fahrenheit or about 16 degrees centigrade. Again, that doesn't happen very often, maybe once a year. Now, when it comes to working on your flexibility, think warmth. Whether you achieve this by wearing more layers or heating up the ambient temperature, warmth may help keep your muscles and tendons more flexible, allowing you to achieve that deeper stretch. And if you want your question answered right here on the show, you can email one to health at oldpodcast.com. Or if you want your voice heard on the show, come by oldpodcast.com slash ask. Right on that page, you can record straight from your computer's microphone. It's really easy. You can even play back your message and do retakes before sending it in. Or you can do it the old-fashioned way and call in your question. The number is sixty-one. I love OHD. Now, don't forget, if you're listening on Spotify, right on this episode, you can submit a question there too. So, you have plenty of options to send me questions. Do whatever works for you, and I'll answer it right here on the show. In the meantime, that's it for today. Thank you so much for listening every day and all the way through. I hope you have a wonderful start to your weekend, and I'll see you back here tomorrow where your optimal life awaits.